Welcome to Cloudlandia. Wow, wow, wow. Mr. Wow. Sullivan. Ah, Mr. Jackson. Ah. Since uh, you arrived first, maybe you got to welcome me to Cloudlandia. That what is I it? do. I do. But <laughs> uh, you're in charge of the operations, so even... <laughs> <laughs> Even early, I'm still a guest. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> well, welcome to Cloudlandia. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, what a what a week. This has gone yeah, uh, I'm, fast. I'm, yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, I, I had a thought, and I'll just bounce it off you, because I've written okay. it down as uh, a possible future title. Um, uh, of uh, one of my quarterly books. Okay. And uh, the here here's the thought, and I haven't, you know, I I develop my thoughts through conversations. So this is the kickoff. <clears throat> and I was uh, this is a thought that was coming to me throughout the previous week when we were at uh, uh, by Zoom on Abundance Three Sixty. Mm-hmm. And and the the thought is that the future your future is always normal, okay. So that's mm-hmm. the statement. And then in the subtitle, it's it's your past that gets better or worse, uh, better or worse. Oh, well, that's interesting. And so what I'm saying is, and um, I was on a podcast interview. Um, a guest, I was a guest on somebody else's podcast, uh, um, a person who has sort of mastermind groups, entrepreneurial mastermind groups, actually in Orlando. He's uh, he's not too far from you. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, he was, he said, can you, um, can you, can you talk about something, the uh, imposter sim- syndrome, you probably heard of this being talked about, the uh, you know, people who are successful, but they feel like imposters. Mm-hmm. And he says, and he said, uh, as it relates to entrepreneurs. And I said, yeah, I said, I've actually given quite a, quite a bit of thought to this. And I said, well, first of all, half of them are. For <laughs> <laughs> real. Imposter syndrome is real. Sure. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they should have a syndrome. They're, they're imposters. <laughs> so, yes. But I said, if I take the other half who are actually real achievers, but they're not feeling that way, I think there's um, um, two explanations for it. And one of the explanations is that they are living in a world that none of their background really prepared them for. So their childhood, where they grew up. Uh, you know the, the you know, sort of the economic uh, economic conditions they came out of. Uh, you know whether they were you know could have been small town and now they're living in a city and you know and they're doing activities that didn't even exist. Uh, you know twenty thirty years ago, um, right. using capabilities that didn't exist. And I said um, I think. They're not. It's not that they're imposters. It's just that they're living in a new reality that they haven't quite wrapped their minds around yet, and it doesn't seem as real to them when they compare it to their old reality of where they came from. So that's mm-hmm. one explanation. But I said I think the other thing is 
that they've achieved really big goals. And, and this goes right back to the beginning of our um, procrastination um, conversation that launched the podcast. Um, that when you imagine a big, big what in the future uh, goal, where things mm-hmm. are bigger and better, one of the ways you motivate yourself is to feel now the way you want to feel when you get there. That's true. That's true. And I said, but the problem is that when you get there, it just feels normal. You know, when you when you actually get to where you are, it feels normal. And that normal that you feel doesn't compare with the emotional transformation you thought you were going to have when you got there. Mm, you know that yeah and yeah. we got and and we have all sorts of you know stories about this astronauts who you know had nervous breakdowns after they came back from walking on the moon and you know that when they got back uh here here they had done something that had never happened that humanity has dreamed about for thousands of years and they get back and you know today feels kind of normal So it doesn't measure up with what they thought was going to happen to their notion of themselves. People when, you know, there'll be people who are on the Super Bowl field today and they're on the winning side and about halfway through next week, huh, feels normal. And, you know, Mm -hmm. people win Academy Awards feels normal. People become millionaires. It feels normal. So I said, I think, uh, you know, I said, first of all, discounting the half of people who actually are imposters and they should feel that way. The other half is uh, comparing the present with the past where it does feel kind of strange or comparing yourself with the future that when you get there, it doesn't feel the way you thought. And you use the word imposter to sort of explain uh, how you do feel. That, that, that's just my thesis here. That's an interesting thing because I've been wondering about, and this is kind of related, but do you think there's a role of, um, I, you know, you, you talked um, for a long time about writing daily what you want, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. In journal, like, and I've done that mm-hmm. for a long time too, writing. I often take the temperature of what, what do I want? Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, I wonder if there's something about, um, I don't know what, I don't know what the right word is yearning or desire or having, you know, um, you know, the aspiration for more, I guess. I don't know what wonder, mm-hmm. like I'm thinking which they aspire to something that they get and then, they feel like, um, yeah, that you're there kind of thing. Um, how that, and it, like yeah. you said, it's kind of, kind of empty. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. Remember, I, I forget the, who the uh, singer was, Peggy Lee or somebody like that. Is that mm-hmm. all there is? You know, there is sort of a, a famous, is that all there is? You know, <laughs> like. You know, and she's talking about various stages and changes in her life, and she's left with the same feeling after each of the changes. Um, is that all there is? And um, 
you know, I mean, um, well, let me ask you a question. When you, uh, I mean, when you have journals and you have yeah. written down what you want, um, what's the continual feeling as you're doing that day to day, day to day? I like the, like I, I've had, I think that there's very, what I've had a grasp on, I think early on is that this is it. Like right, there's only now that this, yeah. you know, it's, there's no, um, that was kind of the idea of pushing the accelerator pedal to get to what, um, you know, it, aspirationally or whatever, to see what you want, but then to recognize how will I know when I'm there, you know, and that's where that was when the statement, I know I'm being successful when came in. And I, and so I thought about, I put up, I did put a lot of thought into carefully choosing those things. Like it was yeah. I, I was saying that, you know, my number one thing was, I know I'm being successful when I could wake up every day and say, what would I like to do today? Mm -hmm. And so I look at that. Um, it is, it is great. And it's, um, and if I look at the shadow of it, if I look at the, the opposite side of it, that how has that maybe, um, limited me in some ways, or how has that, um, made me avoid certain, um, things that may have been, uh, a better outcome for me. And who's to say what better is? I mean, when you get exactly what you want, everybody is. Mm -hmm. I think we all feel that that same thing of knowing, you know. But I I look at it and I still feel like, wow, wouldn't if there's something great about being completely in control of your days of knowing, um, you know, wake up every day and say, what would I like to do today? opens up there's a lot of um stuff there but i look at you know other people that i i um am around and i look at like the funny thing was i was playing golf with tony robbins and we were talking about i know i'm being successful when and this was in in january we were playing and because he had watched this um um interview that I did with Joe uh, Polish, where we were talking about, I, I know I'm being successful in. And we did it at uh, Dean Graziosi's studio. We were the first thing that Dean needed something to practice uh, or his uh, crew was needing to uh, break in his new studio um, years ago. And so Joe and I went over and just off the cuff recorded this, this one hour um, interview uh, thing. Mm -hmm. So, and in any event, we were talking about, I know I'm being successful when I wake up every day and say, what would I like to do today? And Tony looked at me and said, um, dude, I don't have one of those days until March. <laughs> and this was January, right? And yeah. it was, it's an interesting thing because I see that in you in a lot of ways that I look at your perhaps the most detailed scheduled out person that i that i know 
that's in my life that is like I know that we've got uh, podcasts scheduled for the year and you've got all of your workshops scheduled for the year, mm-hmm. all of your. And so there's a different, um, you know, there's a different element. You're waking up every day with here's, here's what I'm doing today kind of thing. You don't, mm-hmm. you've, but, and I don't know that they necessarily are in contrast because you're not waking up and, you know, well, today you've got to go like, uh, you know, um, dig a ditch or something. It's like you're waking up, you're doing things that you enjoy doing, but they're already plan. Everything is all handled all around you and you're in an environment that you really, that you like and you've mm-hmm. chosen, but just on the day, you just, you don't have that flexibility on, on the day to, um, if somebody flew into town or something to be able to uh, drop everything and go spend a couple of days in golf with them or something. Yeah. Uh, uh, I would say that there's been one change. Uh, I, I, first of all, I, uh, uh, you know, I, I think you've described, um, described, me rightly in other words i think it's very very accurate uh and uh and to a certain extent that's the way i wanted you know yeah like, uh, you know <clears throat> and because uh, i find a certain tension having to make things up on the day that uh i mm-hmm. don't i don't really like the big change has been the covid lockdown period where mm-hmm. i got 30% of my time back because um, a lot of my having my days planned and, you know, looking forward at the future required uh, daily travel, uh, even within the city and required, uh, you know, um, lengthy lengthy travel uh, on a regular basis to go to Chicago and other spots. And Mm -hmm. all that time uh, got returned uh, this year. And I didn't fill it up with anything when I got the mm-hmm. time back. I said, this is a once in a lifetime gift that this year has given me. And I said, um, I'm going to just take it that I've got 30%, I would say 30% of my day back that's unscheduled. And I'm just going to leave it unscheduled. I'm not going to, I'm not going to mm-hmm. fill it up with any, anything. Mm-hmm. And the re, uh, the reason being is, um, uh, I have this idea that uh, when I'm really tightly scheduled, I'm not leaving room for magic. Right. Okay. That's my thought. Exactly. Right. right. Yeah. So what I've gotten back and I said, I'm just going, I'm not going to, uh, you know, take this time and do uh, what I've previously done with my time. I said, I'm going to just say, I'm going to have like a, 30% 30% slack time in my daily schedule, at least if, uh, you know, if I take seven days in a row, uh, some days are different than others, but uh, on the week, if you compare a week of my time now as compared to last year at this time, I've got 30% more slack time. And I said, 
I'm going to secure that going forward. I'm going to leave 30% slack time in my schedule Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. I want to, you know, I want to uh, open it up uh, for um, just being alert and curious about things and uh, sort of leaving it. So this has been a, this has been a great gain for me. I mean, I'm sticking to, sticking to my previous schedule, you know, and there's four things every quarter that uh, are regular activities, uh, quarterly book, my mm-hmm. podcast schedule, uh, and um, my um, workshop. workshop schedule. And in addition, we've created the connector calls, uh, connector mm-hmm. calls, uh, the in-between sessions. And so those are like four things um, that seem to uh, be good for me and they seem to be good for um, everybody who's impacted by those other activities. So right. uh, I do it, but I said, I'm not going to suddenly fill up my schedule now that I got some time back with extra activities. I'm going to just stick to those four. Right. Mm-hmm. And this, oh, is as close to re- this is as close to retirement as I'll ever get. <laughs> Which is so funny. You know, like that's what I'm constantly thinking about is that you know on the days like I'm, I'm i'm you've really changed you know the way i think about that because um i'm i don't see ever um retiring i look at you as the um you know 22 years uh, ahead kind of thing uh and you're my example of what it's like at you know 76, you know, to see mm-hmm. what that's uh, soon to be 77, right? Yeah. Um, and so you see that that's kind of, and look ahead there at, I would say, I'd argue that you are at your peak right now. Would you say so yeah. far? I mean, that yeah, the, every, I, 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 yeah, yeah I in every measurable way that you would yeah. look in, in, you know, your creativity, your reach, your um, um, economically, the, the size of the company, the global reach, everything is, is you're certainly not in the wind down or, or uh, you know, blue chip uh, stage of anything. It's, it's on the way up and that's inspiring, you know? So I don't see that ever changing. And I also have this, you know, fondness for looking back at you know 22 or 25 years ago and um what was going on in my mind as i'm thinking about my thinking you know looking at my looking at my days and looking at my um schedule and there's it's so such an insight like i look at um yeah yeah, I'm looking. I'm gonna read but I something. see, you know, I mean, uh, reversing uh, the perspective here. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, like, we're all unique. Uh, in other yeah. words, we, you know, I mean, we, we get, uh, you know, if you're thinking about it as cards, we get a deal, you know, we're dealt a certain set of cards. Uh, you know, at, uh, you know, at the start of life and throughout life, we get new deals and everything like that. 
And I get a sense that, you know, that you're, um, um, for the game that you want to play, you're, you're playing your cards, right? Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not. just looking Hold at up. it from, from, I'm just yeah. looking at it from the outside. I said, that, <clears throat> you know, you seem, uh, every time I encounter you, whether it's, uh, individually, like we're doing on the podcast or you're on, you know, in person in workshops or in everything else, you, you know, uh, I don't see, um, you know, anxiety and, uh, you know, distraction and everything. You seem to be present and everything like that from the outside. And I said, you know, uh, I think it's cool. And I, I mean, I, I think it's, I think it's cool. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's the toughest skill in the, the toughest skill for any individual in this world today to, to actually pull off is uh, being present. Mm. That's what I really, I mean, that's really the, um, yeah, that's really the great thing. It's funny how, you know, when you look at the rhythm of your days, like I'm looking in a journal now from, um, from what would be, uh, August of 1998. And, you know, I'm looking at the things like I would be asking things like, what, what do you like in every day? Like it started, it started, you realize how much of things that we do are just repetitive daily things, right? Mm-hmm. Like you always, you know, when you think about sleep and uh, exercise and reading and watching TV and writing in my journal. Now, this is interesting because there's no, <laughs> excuse me, no mention of like the internet as a, um, you know, part of an integrated daily part of my routine, you know, because it's not yet at that level. It's just, it's a tool. Right now, it's like I wouldn't be journaling about my fax machine in 1988, right? It wasn't the internet wasn't really the internet in in 1998, and that's an interesting thought to me. But then, you know, about um, four hours of work, and the this it was kind of the rhythm of a day that I like. And I've really gotten my time now to kind of exactly what I really want. Um, <clears throat> most days are most standard weeks. Um, I have Mondays and Fridays, nothing scheduled and then nothing scheduled before 1 p.m., and then on Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, all of my scheduled things happen between 1 p.m. and 6 p.m. On Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, client calls, podcasts, um, um, Zoom um, meetings th- that I'm initiating or being part of, um, with the exception of the uh, the breakthrough blueprints where which I have one starting tomorrow that those mm-hmm. go from 10, o- 10 o'clock to six o'clock on, on those two days, uh, Monday, Tuesday, mm-hmm. tomorrow. But the, um, the, 
lead conversion workshops, the, the email workshops, those all fit in that, um, in that afternoon time yep. slot. So I've really gotten to a point where I've successfully kept almost all of my time free, basically at my discretion. And yeah, uh, mm-hmm. here, here, here's a, here's a thought uh, that what you're doing, um, you know, with, you know, if I just take the way Dean, um, you know, the way that you actually live each day, but then how you um, have uh, created a structure and a process for future days to a certain yeah. extent, because, um, you know, my feeling is that mindset uh, drives behavior and behavior yeah. drives habits, you know, yeah. that uh, that it starts with mindset and then it becomes conscious behavior and then if it uh, you know if the behavior satisfies the requirements of the mindset then we try to make it automatic you know that uh yeah you know, we'll push we'll push it forward <laughs> you know we'll push it forward forward in time and yeah. uh what what seems uh seems to me i mean we're all, and the, the whole point is that at the heart of the way that you're thinking about you know, um, today and the succession of times in the future, it's totally unique to you. Like nobody else Mm -hmm. on the planet has the, um, criteria. Nobody else has the experiences. Nobody else has the capabilities to, to, to design Dean Jackson's day any better than Dean Jackson can. You're a hundred times better at designing a Dean Jackson day than any other human being because they have they have the foggiest idea even where to start. Right. That's true for everyone. That's exactly That's true, true for everyone. And I mm-hmm. think that you know, going back to the start of the conversation, the imposter thing, you know, somehow. Uh, there's a yearning, you use the word yearning, so I'm going to pick up on that word, that uh, that uh, it, it's a weird thing, and it comes from the separation between being an individual on the one hand and being part of social networks, in other words. And yeah. I'm not even talking about, I'm not even talking about things like, you know, the social media or anything. I'm just saying that, uh, you know, 6,000 years ago, people lived in social networks, you know, that there were, there were people, but that there's this sense that at some point in the future, I won't feel that it's just myself. I'll be connected to everybody else, you know, and, uh, you know, uh, I'll have this feeling of being part of humanity in a larger way than I feel uh, feel today. And my feeling is that that's a thought. Mm-hmm. It's a thought, you know. Yeah. People, people have all sorts of thoughts, and that's a thought. And, uh, you know, it's an interesting thought to think about. But if you're using that as some sort of standard of measurement sometime in the future, probably you're going to be, you're not going to feel it. <laughs> <laughs> have you... Um... Have can I give you a great uh, can I give you a great uh, example of that? Okay. Uh, there was a story this week because um Tom Brady leaves New England after 20 years goes to uh you know goes to Tampa yeah. Bay 
And uh, and guess what? Uh, All the people on the New England team are watching the Super Bowl on television today, and Tom Brady's doing what what he usually does on Super Bowl day. He's playing in the game. Exactly. (laughs) Yes. Okay. And uh, so last week after they won the conference championship, uh, beating Green Bay, and they were in the locker room, and some of the players broke down crying. And Tom Brady sat down across from me. He says, what are you talking about? We haven't done anything yet. Yeah. That's great, isn't it? I mean, it's so, so easy. So yeah, for a guy who's mind, been being, there. Being even, being even able to go to a Super Bowl game was almost like the culmination of their dream. And he said, yeah. well, this is, this is, you know, this is my 10th one. And he says, yeah, we haven't done anything yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's amazing. It'll be interesting to see what, uh, how it ends up here, but. Yeah. yeah this and, whole, uh, you know, I think you're so his, setting up your the way he's trained, the way he's trained his sense of being present in relationship to possible future uh, you know, future events is at a much higher level than probably anybody else on the field today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I imagine he's yeah he's got more experience at it than than anybody, really. Yeah, that's something. I mean, it is. Um, I wonder how that relates to when we have these visions for. Like would, would your your schedule now is essentially how long have you been doing this model of your like as long as I've known you that's kind of been your your model here um, workshop days three days yeah the well one, the, you know, uh, a month of it started uh, it started when I started using the strategy circle in 1982 mm-hmm. as my coaching model for one-on-one coaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, I won't say 1982, but by 1984, I had come up with a structure that uh, this would be a quarterly thing. We'd have a first meeting and then every quarter they, mm-hmm. we'd get their original strategy circle done and then every quarter we would review it. And then um, approaching a year, they would decide whether they wanted to do it for a year or so. Um, you know, uh, I did that for about five years, and I, I was up to about 40 uh, one-on-one clients. Mm-hmm. Okay, And they paid up front. The other thing is that everybody paid up front. So I had the mm-hmm. business model down pat, and I had the quarterly structure down. And then I was just saying, you know, I'm... Um, I'm selling my time, you know, I mean, to a certain extent, we're always selling our time, mm-hmm. you know, regardless of what level um, level of achievement we are. And uh, that's when Babs and I said, you know, uh, we've learned enough about the what's true for everybody that we can put it in a workshop where we can have, we, we thought we could get up to 20 people in a workshop and, uh, uh, you know, and I mean, that's how, but that was big, you know, because they weren't paying the rate that they would do if they had me just individually, but they were paying, mm-hmm. they were paying 70%. So, uh, so 
probably a fourteen hundred percent gain if you could do it on a if you could do it on a, a workshop basis with twenty people. Right. You know. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I don't think unless we had the internet, uh, especially the database apps and everything that came along, you know, we could have ever gotten too much above that number in a workshop. But once you can take care of the details with technology, then it got bigger. Yeah. Yeah, and it's interesting because that, you know, you've really, you have, um, you know, replaced what was, you talk about the 30% time that you, uh, mm-hmm. that you got back, that you haven't replaced. You've also consciously taken away the um, television. And, mm-hmm. you know, that. so the television, you know, for many people was, something that was a, a constant and then you layered on top of that the internet as another layer but without taking away from television time so yeah. the total dopamine drip is quite uh extensive you know quite a long time during the day mm-hmm. now that's and but so you've but you've tapped into um, you've yeah, into... I think the the television time um, got replaced with reading. So my re- yeah, you know, yeah. I I had a lifetime habit of reading, mm-hmm. and uh, and so uh, I would say that probably all the time I freed up from television got replaced immediately with reading, and a lot of it yeah. was um, novels. You know, I, I've, uh, mm-hmm. my number of novels i read um i like novels because they're a beginning a middle and an end like they're a complete uh, you know uh whereas non-fiction books oftentimes they create a lot of openings but they don't have any closing and there's um, right you know, i mean and um you know i mean on television what do we like most we we probably like stories you know that mm-hmm. have a beginning a middle and an end you know yes yeah, and yeah, uh, there, there's something very satisfied by having, uh, you know, an experience, but it's it starts and it's got a middle and it's got an end. I, I think yeah. that, that's uh, that's that's very satisfying. But yeah. uh, you know, the parts of television that aren't based on stories are um, kind of they're kind of anxiety producing because they open something up, but there's no end to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, have you experienced Dan uh, clubhouse yet? Not yet. Uh, uh, I got a project because Lee Richter is going to be my guide to it. And uh-huh. I said, I'm going to send you an impact filter on what I'll, I'll send you a copy of the impact filter. Okay. But I said, um, this is, you know, my reason for being interested in it, this, you know, it's a project I'm going in. And, uh, you know, this is the difference. I've heard enough about it that I think it's different from anything else. And, uh, you know, and the, the best would be that uh, one is I really love it and I really enjoy it. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, and uh, you know, it's intellectually stimulating. And uh, I meet and am introduced to all sorts of people that otherwise I wouldn't be. The worst would be if it uh, 
uh, it started making demands on me, you know, and that uh, I would be started giving making commitments right. and obligations that right. uh, I don't really feel like I don't really feel like doing. And, um, you know, and then I'd write down the success factors. This would be the ideal. And then I'm going to send it to her. And she was cool with that. She said that that's great. Because mm-hmm. Lee's a multiplier. Lee's a 100% yes. multiplier. You know, she just yeah, likes yeah. connecting people. She just likes. She really does. Yes. She, she really loves it. And so um, I want to. And she said, that's cool. She said, uh, uh-huh. she, said I, um, she said, I'm on it a lot. And I, I'm in the. A lot of different clubhouses, and I'm in a lot of different yeah. conversations and everything like yeah. that. And I said, "Well, that's great. Well, you'll be my guide." Then. Yeah, like I wake up. Uh, I've had my experience of it has been that I would, you know, you can scroll through and see the the rooms that are happening right now, like the conversations that are going mm-hmm. on, and there may be, you know, a hundred people. There may be up to. I think the biggest room I've been inside um, 1,400 people in wow. the room. And so it's, it's been a really interesting thing that I've gone in and they, you know, the moderators can see, you can see everybody who's in the room. So I've had, you know, um, several occasions where I go in and then they see, uh, that I'm in the room and they'll go, Oh, Dean Jackson's here. Let's bring him up and get his opinion on, on this or get it. Dean could talk about this. And so, you know, I've gotten up and we've talked about the migration to Cloudlandia and I've talked about mm-hmm. the VCR formula and I've talked about, um, you know, all the, all kinds of different things. And it's a pretty, you know, as I, I've done that. I have, you know, 2,600 um, followers now on on Clubhouse just from people being in the room and then say, sure. oh, that, that guy's interesting. Let's follow him. Um, yeah. But it's basically, it's on all the time, Dan. You can literally yeah, I know. tap in. Um, I did an interesting thing. I, I started a room of my own and just on a whim i just said i started a room i said um 10 minute marketing makeovers with uh or 10 minute marketing hot seats with dean jackson and open it up and then i open the room and instantly people start gathering in the room uh paris lumpropolis uh popped in and so you know, i brought paris up and paris and i basically just started helping people with yeah. their marketing for, for an hour yeah. and then it's yeah. over. And so you could tap do they, as a Q, is a Q and a too. I mean, do they ask you? Oh, questions? that's exactly what it is. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 Well, it's really, uh, it's really, uh, you know, it's intriguing to me, but you know, uh, like, uh, one of the things I was reflecting on, um, because there was, a uh, you know, uh, very valuable, new presentations at A360 on longevity. And, uh, you know, and Peter, you know, Peter mentioned me, you know, five or six times during mm-hmm. the session, you know, because um, um, he's the only, I'm the only other person in his life that had set up 
you know, like a, a very, very advanced longevity goal and had been with mm-hmm. it long before, long before Peter met me. I mean, right. mm-hmm. I, I set the goal in 87 and he met me in 2010. So I'd been at it for, you know, I'd been at it for 23 years before he got to me. And, uh, you know, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it had already been in the program. I mean, tens of thousands of entrepreneurs had already done the thinking on this. And, um, um, Peter, uh, not there, but he asked me, he says, what's been the biggest impact for you for having that goal? And I said, um, just that I've got a massive amount of time to get to anything yeah. I need to get to get to and i said uh, i'll hear about something but i don't have any sense of urgency that i have to take advantage of it today yeah yeah that you know? makes a lot of sense no i'm 77 and you know mm-hmm. i have a sense that everything i'm you know and i've got the last book you know the 15 trillion dollar freedom well that's my big project i said this is my big mm-hmm. project and it you know and uh uh, it's going to take thousands of who's between me and, you know, 2044. And, uh, mm-hmm. and I've got, you know, I've got enough who's to work with right now to develop, the, you know, the, you know, intellectual shortcuts and the, yes. you know, the new ways of collaborating. And besides yeah. technology, technology is going to do all sorts of, um, you know, uh, exponential things over the mm-hmm. next, 20 years or so. So mm-hmm. as it comes along, we'll take advantage of it. Uh, but mm-hmm. uh, I'm not, uh, but there's no urgency. I, do, I don't feel any sense of urgency that there's something new that I absolutely have to get to. You know, I have to set aside things that I'm doing now to get to this new thing. I, I don't feel any urgency about that. Yeah. That's, I mean, that, that is, a, that's a, that's so awesome when you start to think like that, like mm-hmm. I look back now, it's funny how we're constantly, um, I look at the, the now, when you think about the future, we're kind of constantly looking to set up something that's got legs, like a 25 year future to something. Yep. Um, and then, but I also realized that there's, a lot of things that you you can't even have projected in no. those 25 years, right? Because <laughs> looking back, I realized how it's primarily, you know, there's chapters, there's different um, things that, that create new um, opportunities if you're alert and curious. Yeah. And, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, 2020, go back 25 years. It's, uh, you know, it's uh, 1995, okay? And say yeah. that you were, predict- or you were predicting a sudden one-year shift totally to virtual conferencing. You couldn't even, well, virtual conferencing wouldn't even have entered your mind. Yeah. I mean, that wasn't yeah. even, it wasn't even a thing. I mean, email was just getting started in 1995, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. I mean... And so you it, think about uh, that, it's like so... You know, I look at the routines, like the daily um, routine, you know, back then, 
when I first moved to Florida, 97, um, I would wake up and I would go um, for a walk and then I would go for breakfast and get USA Today. And I would read USA Today every day, just like I would read it from cover to take my time with it, like read it from cover to cover, look in the classifieds, look in, in everything. And that's, that's where I found, um, that's where I found Homer McDonald for, um, yeah. with stop your divorce by being alert and curious and, um, mm-hmm. having that responsive and resourceful being being yeah. responsive and resourceful. Yeah. 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 And that's, it's an interesting thing that, um, uh, now, of course, the internet allows that, uh, you know, that you basically do that same thing. I'm fascinated by these daily rhythms because I, on my, uh, Kindle, I have a, a book that, uh, Richard Rossi recommended. I forget what it's called, but it basically outlines all these daily routines of creative people from, from, you know, all the way back to the 1700s or uh, whatever mm-hmm. was known about their, their daily routine. And it was funny to hear, you know, that sleep was always a part of it. Napping was often a part of, of somebody's mm-hmm. uh, daily thing, but certainly there was a long walk involved in the day. There was a period mm-hmm. for correspondence, uh, you know, that was a fun thing to hear about. People would do their correspondence and then um, and then gathering with friends, um, you know, for a meal or for, um, you know, at the end drinking. of the drinking day kind of thing. Tea. Yeah, drinking. Exactly. That was that was the thing. Um, yeah. So it was interesting to see how the writers, you know, would write for three or four hours a day or the artists or composers. It was the same thing you're doing. I don't know that your capacity for actual creative output is more than three or four hours a day. But that might just Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, yeah, I think that the, um, 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 you know, if you think of that, you, you've got two things to play with. You got the brain that you were born with, you know, and mm-hmm. um, you hope you got good early um, training. You know, I mean, the big yeah. thing is that you got, yeah, you know, like you learned how to read, you learned how to write, and you learned, you know, you learned enough math to know a profit from a loss. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, and, uh, and uh, the. Uh, but the other thing is your mind. So I make a distinction between brain and mind. Brain is your in, inside operating system, and mind is your ability to access other people's brains. You know, I, I, yeah. So say that again. So brain is your well, brain. Brain is your internal, uh, your internal yeah. constant ability to make sense of your experiences so so you're Uh you're constantly having experiences and you've got to um kind of create uh create uh, a (laughs) sense-making 
in the center yeah. of you that whatever yes. happens to you, it kind of makes sense enough to you that uh, you feel confident about tomorrow. <laughs> you know, yeah. You know, I, I think the big thing is uh, uh, I want to feel confident uh, today. I want to feel confident about tomorrow, and tomorrow I want to feel the same way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, about the yeah. next day. Uh-huh. Yeah, but the, on the other hand, we notice that you know, as we learn language and uh, you know, we learn to communicate, that uh, we can benefit enormously from how other people have thought about their experiences and have come up with, uh, you know, have come up with um, you know strategies that are immediately understandable, and you don't have to go through all their experience to get the benefit of what mm-hmm. they've learned. You know, and that's our mind. I think our Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and the big thing is don't screw up your brain, you know, as you're going through life, don't screw up your brain. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is keep expanding the quality and the quantity of other brains that you can have access to. Ah, I got it. That's interesting. Um, and we're always going back and forth between the two because, more and more, as I've gotten older, my experience, like uh, people said, you know, in the future, you'll be able to, um, um, you know, travel virtual reality to exotic places that you've always thought about. And I said, I have been to probably 20 places that were called exotic in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Um, I've come to the conclusion that they're all the same when you get there. <laughs> <laughs> the exotic, yes, exactly. They're all, they're all the same, and uh, you know, uh, uh, a day there is not too much different from a day here. You know, a, so a day think, trip from the exotic four seasons in that same location, yeah. isn't yeah. that right? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, but on the other hand, uh, I've noticed that being in conversation with more and more interesting human beings keeps getting better. So if I have a choice between traveling to a place or traveling to another person's thinking, I'll opt for, uh, I'll travel to other people's thinking. Mm -hmm. That's, that's really great. I did had a neat thing, other people um, and thinking, being able to see things. I was really um, thinking, and I've said it before about the the um, capital allocation is yeah. really the the intellectual um, oh, yeah. game. It's the ultimate who, not how. Actually, is is being able to. Uh, you know, pick the pick the thing that's going to uh, have that's going to win, or that's going to be a uh, a good idea, and and backing it with your yeah. with your money uh, with capital is yeah. without having to do any of the how. You don't have to do the how. You it's truly about finding the who. If you believe yeah. that VR is going to win, it's about finding the right who who also believes that it has the best chance to well, execute. Well, VR is going to be 
V, v, VR is going to be a winner for somebody. You know, I mean, my yeah. Uh, well, know, I my think sense like is, practical. Well, first of all, VR is already a winner for uh, lots of different people in the world. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. um, uh, the military. I mean, the military. Uh, I mean, the stuff that they can do with VR right now would uh, yeah. would blow people's minds. And it's just, right. Yeah, but it's crucial for them to be able to rehearse and pre-plan yes. military missions without, um, you know, with without actually uh, going there. And uh, mm-hmm. and uh, it's so funny. I was I've I've developed a new habit. I'll think of a question and then I'll ask Google the question. Uh, yes. I'll just punch it in and. Uh, I would say only about 25% of the time does Google have a good answer for my question. Right. Uh, you know, it, it, it gives me little bits and pieces based on the words. But one of them, uh, you know, there's been about three or four articles because the Chinese said they they forced a U.S. ship to get out of the South China Sea. Um, this week, and I said, "Yeah, well, we'll see." Anyway, so I asked the question. I said, "What would the first twenty-four hours?" This was my question. What would the first twenty-four hours of a all-out war between the U.S. and China look like? Okay, and I just put it in there, and uh, you know, and lots of people said, "Well, this is something that can't happen," and everything else. And I said, "That's not the question I asked." question i says if there was a <laughs> first 24 hours yeah and the reason is is because the u.s has rehearsed probably a thousand times what the first 24 hours would be like so mm-hmm. all the information all the information on this is top secret that's mm-hmm. what that's what my search did and i said and uh the the U.S. has a thousand times more experience of the first twenty four hours of something than the Chinese do, because the Chinese haven't actively been in combat since nineteen seventy nine. That's the last time they they were actually in combat. So that's twenty one oh, really? plus wow. twenty forty one years. No uh, right. Chinese military person has actually been in combat. Well, the U.S. is in combat. Today, right. tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. right. Yeah, right. Mm. <laughs> they haven't stopped <laughs> since nineteen thirteen. Right. <laughs> yeah, constant, constant practice. And yeah. so my sense is that, uh, and then I went back and looked at Desert Storm. You know, the uh, um, when um, Iraq invaded Kuwait. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. and then there was this buildup. You know, it's like a six-month buildup. All, all you know, like. Senior President Bush, uh, George Bush, uh, the father, um, got 20, 26 different countries, and they had like a half million military personnel. And then there was the first 24 hours. And basically, the U.S. did about, U.S. and the Allies, the Brits, and everybody else, they did about 50 different things on the first, um, in the first 24 hours. And that was... Mm-hmm. That was 29 years ago. Can you imagine right. what they could do in the first 24 hours now? So yeah, my I don't think it would even last 24 hours. I mean, well, it, yeah. would, uh, it would be deeply confusing to people who have never yeah. been in combat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the, 
the big thing. But it was an interesting question. One is that there wasn't good material on uh, there wasn't good material on Google to really answer the question, you know. And uh, you know, it, it was pretty. Oh uh, well, you know, there would be a meeting of the United Nations. I said, United Nations. No, there wouldn't be a meeting of the United Nations. Right. <laughs> it would be scheduled. It would be scheduled for Friday, but the war would be over on Tuesday. You know. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's really, really interesting. And uh, but more and more, I just find I'll go through the day and I'll think of a question. I'll say, hey, I've got a question." So I go to Google and uh, and sometimes I hit it right on the nose. There's somebody who's really thought through this topic, and mm-hmm. it's worth it, you know. And yeah, that's uh, it. Yeah, and it's worth it. But my sense is that your clubhouse thing, you're more likely to come across somebody um, who is in the general conversation of Clubhouse than Google. Mm. That's that's interesting. I wonder, you know, you can attract, I guess we're just sort of getting the lay of the land with, with Clubhouse right now, but I imagine that I, th- I think could. there's going to be levels. I think there's going to be Lots of yeah. levels to Clubhouse, yeah. and uh, you're going to prove it by being um, having something useful for the other people in the room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I just I'm and, looking. It seems to be the um, there's you know people are gathering in you know these known rooms kind of thing, but I think there's all these little the fact that anybody can start one is yeah. a um is a big uh is a big thing yeah well i mean i think uh, you're going to be a big uh, hit on you're going to be a big hit on clubhouse <laughs> well thanks thanks yeah and uh that's what i'm afraid of <laughs> yeah uh, right exactly i i feel it too i feel it too dan that's exactly yeah no, the no, thing no, it's I, like I, you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, I mean, both of us, uh, uh, I think uh, we put out feelers. Uh, I mean, I think both of us, uh, when we go for something, we go for it big, but we, uh, it's got to satisfy lots of requirements in our minds before yeah. we do it. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and uh, you know, and the fact that you like it is a big plus for me. I mean, I wouldn't have gone any further with the inquiry except for your first descriptions of your experience. And that's when I, you know, um, I started listening in Mike Koenigs and uh, Lee Richter and others were talk, had talking about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, the and great the thing, thing is, is what you, uh, I, I don't you and feel, I have. Yeah. I would say you and I, if anybody who has, um, has ideas, uh, great yep. things to contribute, and is able to articulate your thoughts on the fly. Yeah, is is going to thrive in an environment like that, or stand yep. out in an environment like that. Yeah. So, and I get a feeling anybody who's a ranter gets cut out really fast. Yeah. I agree. And that's what I'm I like a, yeah. about it. I think that uh, it was so funny because we have this ongoing discussion group uh, here in Toronto. We're just, I think we're closing in on 19 years 
and every quarter mm-hmm. uh, a book gets recommended, a actual book, and then people send in articles of things of interest during that quarter, yeah. and that that's yeah. constructed it into a book of articles. And mm-hmm. somebody uh, sent in an article, and it was some guy in London who wrote this really, really ranting article yeah. about how dumb Americans in North Dakota are now the hotspot hot for COVID in the world. Uh, North, North Dakota is now wow. the hotspot for COVID in the world. And I said, oh. North Dakota? North Dakota? And so, you know, he, I went through it and it wasn't really about North Dakota. It's just that he thinks that America is the dumbest place on the planet and Americans are the dumbest human beings on the planet. And, Mm. uh, you know, that they're not obeying lockdown orders. They're not obeying mask orders. So, um, you know, the article came in. And so what I did is I looked up the author, you know, I said, you know, this is, uh, first of all, it was uh, from November, the end of November. And when you use a statistic, uh, uh, you know, that's three months in the past, uh, you really, really got to check out whether there's any point to it. Well, as it turns out, that North Dakota is like number 10 in the United States as, uh, mm-hmm. you know, as a position. And uh, but I look up the author and every one of his other articles are attacks on the United States and on, on Americans. So I wrote the, uh, you know, our discussion group member and I said, I just uh, want to tell you something here. Uh, first of all, um, you know, first of all, the, the statistics are completely out of date. They're three months old, but they're in the headline. And, uh, I said, and, uh, you know, uh, you know, New York is number one, New Jersey is number two, Massachusetts is number three. You just go down the list, and then North Dakota is sitting at number ten, you know, which you know oh. is there. But I said, just put this in perspective: the population and the economy of North Dakota is the same as Mississauga. Right. <laughs> wow. Yeah. 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 That's something. Yeah, I said, so, you know, I mean, we're not talking about uh, New York, which has, you know, 28 million and, you know, 28 million and everything like that. And I said, Mm -hmm. yeah, I said, this is is probably the first time in history that North Dakotans have been closer than a mile apart from each other. You know, they each get a mile. They got a. I wonder what the density of North Dakota is. Actually. Well, they, you know, they measure yeah. it. In if I, per mile. I if I t- you know if I take uh, Mississauga, they're a thousand, the yeah. geography is a thousand times bigger, but they have the right. same population. You know, so yeah. uh, you know, and uh, and uh, everything. But I I said you know one thing to do when you come across an article uh, that has some bite in it. Check out the author and, you know, what's the history of the author is. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, uh, uh, and you can do that today because all the authors yeah. want to, to be well known. So you check out. And I said, if the guy's a ranter, you know, every article is a rant about something. You, you're probably not your article is probably not going to, you know, be useful to the other people because rants really yeah. are useful. This is where that, um, this is where when I think about VR, 
I think about it, not just about the goggles or visually, but meaning full immersion in access to Peter Diamandis used a great term that I loved for it called perfect knowledge, where everything that's knowable is knowable at your fingertips, like being able to look at some, well, let's Alexa, how many square miles in North Dakota? She must, I must have her out of this room. Um, but she, to be able to, a, I don't think a, she's in here. Alexa, oh. how many square miles in North Dakota? No, she's not in here. She must have, Philip uh, must have taken her. Yeah. Um, so, but to be able to know, I'm seeing that now, that all of that stuff, that's a knowable number. So to be able mm-hmm. to make that, thing and say, uh, just quickly look at the population of, of uh, North Dakota and the yeah. uh, square miles of North Dakota compared to the population and square mileage of Mississauga. Mississauga. Yeah. yeah. And you look at yeah. how many. Well, they're both, uh, they're both between, uh, uh, I've just looked at, I looked it up uh, because I wanted to, um, make a statement that was possible in answering yeah. the, the letter. And so, you know, they're, uh, they're around 770,000, 780,000. Yeah. yeah. Both of them, North Dakota and Mississauga. Right. Right. And, uh, you know, and, uh, the GDP is about the same because, um, you know, North Carolina and North Dakota is a big oil and gas state, you know? So, yeah. um, yeah, I mean, Miss Saga is very dense, very dense, and you know a lot of economic activity. The, they've got the airport right there, there, so there's a lot of stuff yeah. that's right there. But you know, it's uh, comparable. Yeah, there, there. Uh, the pop, the uh, GDP of uh, uh, the GDP of uh, um, the GPS. Uh, uh, North Dakota is the same as Lebanon. So if you take a country, you. Oh, wow. you, know, you can t- you can take American states and position them against countries. Yeah. You know, like yeah, uh, right. Like, right. like um, California's got the same economy as France. Um, you know, oh, wow. uh, yeah. Uh, Texas has an economy that's a third bigger than Canada. Wow, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. These are big. I tell them you know, the, the states. Are, I mean, Florida. Florida is. You know, yeah, huge. Florida's on the move. Oh yeah, For, Florida. We're gaining fifteen hundred people, fifteen hundred people a day right now for the next ten years. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That's pretty exciting. Yeah, there, this is uh, this is redistribution. Uh, your every ten years, based on the census that takes place, it takes place on the decades. So you know. 12, oh, yeah. 2000, 2010, 2020. So they just have mm-hmm. the census. And there's a redistribution now of seven congressional seats, and Florida gets two of them. Uh, so it'll, other states will lose um, mm-hmm. congressional seats. So Florida and Texas both pick up two, two more That's congressional great. seats. Well, yeah. I think over the next and, 10 years, as the Northeast drains into Florida, we're going to bring those seats. Uh, 
down here, but I wonder if it'll change the um, the political balance in in Florida. Well, it there. depends on who uh, the states now. Uh, so Florida will be told you now have two more congressional seats. So yeah. depending on who's running the state, uh, you have a mm-hmm. governor who's a Republican, right? Yeah, yeah. And what about the uh, legislature? You know, the two bodies, the um, congress, the the state congress. We're pretty red the, all across. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then it's a bad. It'll be a bad time for the Democrats because what uh, they'll gerrymander. So this is where gerrymandering comes in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what they'll do is they'll take um, an existing uh, Democratic jurisdiction and they'll cut it in half. Okay, and they'll you know they'll spread they they redo the lines and they'll make sure that the Democratic uh, the Democratic uh, district, say it's 60-40 Democratic right now, mm-hmm. what they'll do is they'll divide it into two districts and they'll make the Democratic one 90% Democrats and the other one is Republican. Right, yeah. They'll, yeah, they'll, yeah. They'll, pick up, they'll pick up. So probably the just um, because of redistribution, because all the uh, ones who are gaining are Republican states and all the ones who are losing mm-hmm. are Democratic states, yeah. That just nothing else concerned, there would be a pickup of seven seats for the Republicans and the seven. And right now it'd be pretty even. It's um, uh, there's two seats that are unaccounted for because one person um, um, is a Republican and his seat hasn't been filled, and a Democrat went to the Biden administration. So they're they're shorts, but both of them are probably go Republican. It'll be two thousand two twenty one to two fourteen, so it's seven. So just automatically it 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 would switch. And well, in off year elections, the party with the White House generally loses um, mm-hmm. congressional seats. So anyway, but the U.S. is so funny because it's everything. Sh- I mean, it's a constant shifting and shuffling and everything. That's probably one of the most active geographies on the planet in terms of mm-hmm. things shifting economically and politically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, but not in Claudelandia. Not in Claudelandia. No, bo- no borders in Claudelandia. That's, uh, that's that'll, be that'll be interesting. That'll be that that'll be interesting. That'll be interesting to see if uh, does Claudelandia have internal borders. Well, is this, you know, it's interesting, and this will maybe be a good topic for to pick up on our next one. Yeah. You're starting to see now the fracturing even of the deep level that the, um, you know, I think you're going to have a red Internet experience and a blue Internet experience, yeah. you know. I mean, a that's Chinese really one, it. A but, Chinese one and the rest of the world. Yeah, that's what, that's yeah absolutely. Have been, right. Yeah. Well, well, we're. We're used to that in mainlandia, so maybe some ma- mainland skills will exactly be useful getting to Codlandia. Anyway, right. great pleasure. I'm yes, I'm yes. on for I'm on for next week. So me too. I wouldn't okay. miss it. All right. Thanks. Have a great week. Thanks. Have a great uh, Have a great uh, blueprint. Thank you. Bye. Bye.